Good morning, and welcome to On Target, a radio ministry of Village Bible Church in Hot Springs Village. We are located near the Coronado Center at 100 Ponderosa Way. Our Sunday morning service starts at 9.15 a.m. We hope you will enjoy and benefit from the sermon you will hear this morning. Now sit back and relax as you listen to a message by Senior Pastor Dr. Jason Lancaster. Now I am over the top excited to preach to you this morning, but I want to warn you that it's over the top challenging as well. So if you're not, you know, you're not in the mood for that today, you can go ahead and leave now and I love you and everything. But it's going to be really challenging today and I hope you're up for it. May God's Spirit speak to us through His Word. I once read an interesting book by this guy named Donald Miller, and the, the book is called A Million Miles in a Thousand Years, How I Learned to Live a Better Story. And he starts the book off this way. Let's say you went to go watch a movie about a guy who really wanted a Volvo. It's a car. So he spent years saving his money to buy this car. And he finally bought the car, and as he drove it off the lot, he tested the windshield wipers, the end. That's the movie. You would think, that is the worst movie ever. That movie would not move you. You wouldn't go tell your friends, that you have to go watch this beautiful movie. You wouldn't go on Facebook and, and give it five stars and say, this is the best movie ever. In fact, you would think that is the worst movie ever. And you would want your money back. Nobody is moved by a movie about a guy buying a car. Yet, we spend our lives living these stories. We live these stories over and over again and have these expectations that our lives should be meaningful. Miller says, the truth is, if what we choose to do with our lives won't make a story meaningful, it won't make a life meaningful either. If someone were to tell your story to someone else, would it be a meaningful story. I'm not talking about being heroic or you're going to make a movie after you, but would it be a meaningful story? Think about the way you're living right now. If someone told someone else your story, would it be a meaningful story? If not, then perhaps you need to change your story. That's a polite way of saying you need to change your life. And what we're going to look at today is a beautiful and meaningful story. And what I'm hoping that it's going to do is to encourage you to start living meaningful and beautiful stories. It is one of my favorite stories in all of the Bible, especially in the Gospels. I, am, I, am, I just love this story. It's in Matthew 26, and in the, the context is what we call the Passion of the Christ. This is Passion Week of our Lord Jesus Christ, 
uh, that is a reference to the events involving the suffering and death of Jesus, which we'll talk about moving through the week and on up into Good Friday. I hope you're here uh, for our Good Friday service. But as Jesus is headed to the cross, we're going to have stories that are going to be uh, the bread, the ends of, of the beautiful story in the middle. We're going to have a story of entrapment and betrayal, and in the middle is going to be this beautiful story. In fact, her story, it's a woman, and her story is so beautiful that Jesus says that what she has done will be told throughout time and accompany the preaching of the gospel. I mean, just before we jump into the story, look at verse 13. What does verse 13 say? Jesus says, Truly I say to you, wherever this gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be spoken of in memory of her. Wow. The story is so beautiful and so meaningful that her story is to be told throughout time, and here we are today, about 2,000 years later, telling it again. And before we look at the details of her story, let's, let's just start off with these stories of entrapment and betrayal. These are not good stories. Start with chapter 26 of Matthew, verses one through two. When Jesus had finished all these words, he said to his disciples, you know that after two days the Passover is coming, and the Son of Man is to be handed over for crucifixion. As the Passover approaches, Jesus predicts what is going to happen to him even before we know the details of the plot to take him out. The suffering and crucifixion of Jesus was no big surprise to him. He knew it was going to happen and he knew he was about to get arrested. Verse three. Then the chief priests and the elders of the people were gathered together in the court of the high priest named Caiaphas, and they plotted together to seize Jesus by stealth and kill him. But they were saying, not during the festival, otherwise a riot might occur among the people. So can you imagine the city filled with pilgrims all over there to celebrate the Passover? And many of these pilgrims think that Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is the one who is going to rescue them from Roman oppression. They feel the city. And so the religious leaders say, let's wait till after this festival is over because we don't want to cause a riot. So look at what's going on. Jesus says, I'm about to be betrayed and handed over. And the religious leaders say, let's wait until after the festival. Which one is correct? All right, look at verse 14. Skip to verse 14. Then one of the twelve, named Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priest and said, What are you willing to give me to betray him to you? And they weighed out 30 pieces of silver to him. From then on, he began looking for a good opportunity to betray Jesus. Judas was the perfect player to fit into the story of the downfall of Jesus. He was in the inner circle among the disciples. Perhaps he'd become disillusioned and had hope that Jesus was really the one to rescue them from the Roman oppressors. But Jesus is not fitting into his expectations. Perhaps that's his motive. Or maybe he is just greedy 
After all, we know that he is the treasurer, and from time to time, the Bible tells us that he would dip his hand into the money bag and take some of the the money that supported Jesus' itinerant ministry. So here is a great way for the religious leaders to seize this opportunity to snag Jesus. And it's a great way for Judas to make some money and get a little rich as in turning Jesus over. So from that time on, he looked for a way to betray him. So here we have the story of entrapment, religious leaders, and betrayal, Judas. And we have been telling these stories down through the ages. Can you believe the religious leaders who study the Old Testament waiting for the Messiah, the Messiah finally shows up and they make sure he gets killed? Can you believe that Judas, after seeing all the miracles and following Jesus from place to place, living with Jesus, handed him over? How's that even possible? And yet we're reading their stories today because their wicked stories live on. Sticking with the theme of stories, Donald Miller indicates, the ambitions we have will become the stories we live. The ambitions we have will become the stories we live. The leaders had ambitions of power and authority, while Judas had the ambition of greed. And so Donald Miller examines his own heart, and in fact, one year he went through his checkbook to find things that he could write off for taxes with regard to work-related expenses. I don't know if you've already done your taxes yet, Got a little bit, time left, barely. (laughs) So he was going through his checkbook looking for things he could write off. And so he went through his checkbook and he realized that the way he spent money indicated his ambitions and the stories he was living. He bought a fancy vacuum cleaner he didn't use. He bought a new truck. And he moved from a, a house to a really nice condo. He said that his purchases were the sum of his ambitions and they were not very good stories. Your life speaks volumes about your ambitions and what's important to you. And many of us, if we examine our ambitions, are not living very good stories. It starts with buying the Volvo, then the story continues to buying a new gadget, and then the the story continues on as we take a wonderful trip, and then we live it up in retirement, and it goes on and on, and then the credits roll, and at the end, we're wondering, what was the point of our lives? If your ambitions do not make a beautiful story, then chances are you need to look at your life and say, well, what am I doing? You need a better story. In contrast to the stories of entrapment and betrayal, it's one of the favorite part of the Bible, and it's the beautiful story of this woman anointing Jesus. I love this. Let's start at verse 6. Now, when Jesus was in Bethany, at home of Simon the leper, (laughs) it's interesting that the guy's name is Simon the leper. What a name. Uh, Maybe it's a nickname of sorts because there's no way he still has leprosy while living in town and having others over to his house. He was probably healed by Jesus. So here is Jesus at the house of someone who is shunned by society and he's having a meal. He is basically doing eat, love, pray. So what he does, 
This is normal for Jesus. Verse 7. A woman came up to him with an alabaster vial of very costly perfume, and she poured it on his head as he reclined at the table. From the account in John 12, this is probably Mary. Remember Mary, the sister of Martha and Lazarus? It was common to have people into your home for a meal and bring out the perfume and put a little bit on the head of the guests, especially as the important guests would come in. And the aroma would fill the room and it would smell like a festive gathering. But this is over the top. She's not just dabbing Jesus' head. She breaks it open and she pours the whole thing on. And this is not the stuff you buy at Dollar General. This is expensive. This is a family heirloom handed down from one generation to the next. Another passage in John tells us that it's worth about 300 denarii, which is about a year's worth of salary. Pours it all out on Jesus. Why is she doing this? You're wondering that, like, what, what is she thinking in her head and what's going on in her heart? Well, we could speculate. We could say, well, maybe, maybe she is so excited that Jesus raised her brother from the dead. Or maybe she is anointing like they did in the Old Testament. Jesus is a Messiah, like a king would be anointed in the Old Testament, so she's anointing Jesus. Or maybe her mind is fully developed, and she's thinking about, I'm preparing Jesus for burial. And I don't think all of this is too developed within Mary yet, and this is why it's one of my favorite stories. Whatever her reason is, she just knows that's Jesus. That's my Lord. He deserves everything, all my honor, all my praise. He deserves sacrifices. He deserves everything. And this is her way to show passion for Christ. It is sacrificial love for Jesus. It is a radical expression of her devotion to Christ. And she doesn't care about the cost. And she is exalting Jesus more valuable than all. There's a story that came out this last week about a woman in Oregon. She's an avid swimmer, raised five kids, helped her husband run a feed store, and she died at 99. Maybe you know this story. So she donated her body to science. And medical students, this is no joke, medical students discovered that all of her internal organs were in the wrong place. During the 1950s, they went to remove her appendix, but they couldn't find it. She went to have her gallbladder removed, but it was on the other side. But you know what? And, and here's the punchline. It's, it's kind of funny. Here's the punchline. But her heart was in the right place. <laughs> Spiritually speaking, your life can be a mess and you can be all over the place and you cannot have your life together and there's so many challenges and problems you're facing, your health is doing this, your relationship, and there's just, everything's out of place. But if your heart is in the right place, it will have extravagant, sacrificial love for Jesus Christ. You may not know what's gonna happen today or tomorrow. You don't have things figured out. We can hang out, I don't either. 
but we want to have our hearts in the right place, sacrificial, extravagant love for the Lord Jesus Christ. What about the disciples? Are they on board with this? Well, the disciples usually are not on board with things that are right. Look at verse 8. But the disciples were indignant when they saw this and said, Why this waste? For this perfume might have been sold for a high price and the money given to the poor. It says that they are indignant and irate that this woman would waste this amount of perfume which could be sold and given to the poor. The disciples' reaction to this woman's act is that it's a terrible waste, waste, waste. Why this waste? Well, I wonder what Jesus' assessment is going to be of the situation. Will he accept this extravagance or will he also view it as a waste? Verse 10. But Jesus was aware of this, said to them, Why do you bother the woman? For she has done a good deed to me. Jesus' verdict is what the woman has done is good. Now, another translation, the ESV says the word beautiful. Jesus doesn't push back at her extravagance. And he doesn't pop up and say, woman, what are you doing? This is a year's worth. Are you crazy? He takes her devotion and he takes her sacrificial extravagance aimed at him and she, he calls it beautiful. And when we talk about living beautiful story, here is a beautiful example. This is a beautiful story. And you may wonder, well, what makes it such a beautiful story? And I'm going to give you this great quote from Pastor John Piper. And he says, it's beautiful when the worth of Jesus and the love of his followers match. When the value of his perfections and the intensity of our affections correspond. I'm going to say that again. It's beautiful when the worth of Jesus and the love of his followers match, when the value of his perfections and the intensity of our affections correspond. What makes a beautiful story and a beautiful life is when our desires and actions are appropriately aligned with the worth of Jesus. It's where our extravagant sacrifices make sense. It wouldn't be great if your life right now would not make sense if it were not for Jesus Christ. That the sacrifices that you are making with your time, with your money, with your energy, it would make zero sense unless Jesus Christ is Lord of your life. Are you living in such a way where your life makes zero sense unless Jesus is Lord? And then it all makes sense. All the sacrifices, all the prayers, all the energy, all the time, all the money given to the kingdom makes sense. Now the disciples, they have a lot to learn because they're not getting it. So look at what Jesus says in verse 11. For you always have the poor with you, but you do not always have me. For when she poured this perfume on my body, she did it to prepare me for burial. Now the concern for the poor is right, but not at that moment. It's not the priority. And Jesus is not dismissing the poor, but now the focus must be on his death. And now at this moment, the poor must come second due to the priority of preparing Jesus for death. So whatever this woman intended, or not, she has prepared Jesus for burial. Criminals were not 
often given proper burials with the anointing of perfumes to temporary cover up the smell. And Jesus is saying that this woman has prepared him for burial before he even dies. Her act is pointing to the cross. Her act is pointing to his death and subsequent burial. Her act is highlighting the cross of Christ, which we know saves sinners. And then he says in verse 13, Truly I say to you, wherever this gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be spoken of in memory of her. As the gospel goes out, you know what the gospel is? The gospel is the good news that you can be reconciled to the Father through the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. On the cross, he bore the wrath of the Father for your sins in your place. He was buried and he rose three days later to never die again, ascended to the right hand of the Father. The good news goes out that all who repent of their sins and put their faith in Jesus Christ can be forgiven. And that is the good news and Jesus says as this good news is going out and being proclaimed around the world that this story will also be told along with it and I guarantee you the disciples hearing this did not know about hot springs village there's no way and yet here we are in hot springs village telling her story Jesus was right as we proclaim the gospel, here is her story. And it is a glorious story of faith-filled, sacrificial extravagance. And it's meant for you to emulate. It's meant for you to follow, to examine your life and say, I want such passion and devotion for Christ that he is worth everything that I'll sacrifice my life, my time, my money, in honor of him. So I ask you, this is her story. What's yours? Are you living the life you want to be living? Is the story beautiful? Is your life beautiful? And if you don't like your story right now, I mean, how do you change it? How do you start to live a beautiful story? And I'm going to give you some things here, and I really hope that you can listen to some of these things. I think they're very important because I want to make sure that I'm examining my life and say, what am I doing with my time? What am I going to do with my energy? So I'm going to give you these three things, and I think they're pretty important. Number one, daily estimate the worth and value of Jesus. It's amazing how from day to day we forget about the value of Jesus. But if Jesus is more valuable to you than anyone or anything else, it will consume, he will consume your life. Think of it this way. I know a lot of you are concerned about finances. You're concerned about, hey, maybe you're gonna run out of money. Maybe it causes anxiety day in and day out, and I'm all for being responsible for your personal finances. But let me tell you this. If you've been having anxiety day after day about your finances, wake up tomorrow and say, Lord Jesus, you are my safety net. Lord Jesus, you are my security. If all these earthly treasures fail, I have you. Daily estimate the worth of Christ. 
And think about this. Some of you may be swayed by the opinions of others or what others think of you may be crushing to you. You may have a fear of man. But if you wake up tomorrow and estimate the worth of Jesus, you can say, Jesus, only your opinion of me matters. Or maybe you struggle with trying to be comfortable in life. What would it look like to estimate the worth of Jesus that you find his, your comfort in him rather on this world? My wife and I spent all day yesterday at the, the hospital in Hot Springs doing a training, some foster care training, and one of our leaders was Janice Bremer. Some of you may know her. She lives here in the village. Now, that is a woman who daily estimates the worth of Jesus, and it causes her to step out of her comfort zone. And what she has done is that she has reached out to vulnerable children, children to bring them into her own house. She's involved with the life of her adult children who are bringing in vulnerable children, and she consumed with seeing that others in the village and hot springs around care for vulnerable children as well. And you may talk to her and say, man, doesn't that make you uncomfortable? And it certainly may make you feel uncomfortable. It makes me feel uncomfortable. But the reality is, if you find your comfort and passion in Jesus, then you can step out of your comfort zone because you know that you have Christ. The second thing I want to tell you is that you can start to live beautiful stories that highlight the worth of Jesus. You can start to live beautiful stories that highlight the worth of Jesus. You can live over the top and start to give sacrificial extravagance with all of your life, knowing that none of your efforts will be wasted. None of your time, money, talents, and energy spent highlighting his value will ever be considered wasted. Once again, John Piper says this, if any voice tells you to moderate your love for Jesus, do not listen. Let your affections for Jesus be lavish. Let your love for others be be sacrificial and over the top because you value Jesus. Let your giving away of your time and money be extravagantly sacrificial because of your love for Jesus. Let your risk-taking be extravagant because he is worth it. It reminds me of a woman in Chicago. Now, I know those of you no, I just moved here a few months ago from Chicago, and this past winter, they had the, the, the coldest winter like in the history of the world. Uh, I'm so glad that we're here. Temperatures reached about 25 below. And during that time, there was just this woman, a 34-year-old woman, who was concerned for the homeless. She was personally concerned, so she thought, okay, it's about 25 below, not windshield, like legit temperature. And she thought, these homeless people are outside. So with her own money, she went to a hotel and reserved 30 rooms. And then she got some friends and they went to go pick up the homeless from the street. They picked up, uh, the first pickup was a family of five. Then she picked up a pregnant woman and she picked up another pregnant woman. So she's just gathering all the homeless in the street and she's bringing them in to the hotel that she paid for with her own money on her credit card, which is about $5,000. And she's just, she's not rich. She's just a real estate worker in Chicago. And I love her quote, because of course it makes the news, but I love her quote. She says, I'm a regular person. It all sounded like a rich person did this, 
but I'm just a little black girl from the south side. Sacrificial extravagance. And lastly, I want to tell you this. (laughs) Surround yourself with people who are living good stories. We want to be around people who highlight the worth of Jesus. Wouldn't it be great to be around people that are just kind of poking and prodding each other to live for the kingdom of God? We want to encourage each other to do stuff for the kingdom. Time is short. We have one life to live. We want our life to be extravagant and over the top where people look at us and say, are you crazy? That doesn't make sense. And they'll say, it doesn't make sense if there wasn't for Jesus. But he is worth the sacrifice, whatever it may look like. So spend your life, especially this week, as we're heading to the cross and Easter, especially this week, let people know you value Jesus. And let's be a people who live these beautiful stories and these beautiful lives just caught up in the beauty and value of Jesus. We hope you enjoyed this message. It was preached recently at Village Bible Church. You can hear this message or let others know about it by visiting our website at vbchsv.org or call us at 922-0404. Meanwhile, have a blessed day as you walk along the way, guided by God's Word.